before I get into the sermon, just a couple things I want to touch base with you. Number one, we, we had a meeting in between services. It was finance me. It was an update on finances. If you weren't able to come, let me, and even if you were able to come, let me, let me just say something real quick. No surprise, the recession affects us. It affects you. It affects the church. No surprise, it takes money to run the church. And so things are tighter than normal. That was the meeting. It was an education meeting. It was a, a, where there is no one to blame. There is no one to get upset about. I know that takes all the fun out of coming to church. But <laughs> there's no one to get upset about. It's just the reality. And it's just like in your homes, just like in our personal budgets. It just means that we're going to have to try harder and, and just find ways to make it work. Here's the good news. I fully expect in January, I'm going to be able to stand up and say, because of our faithful God, because of his power, because of your obedience, because of his, his faithfulness to us, we are into another year. And that's the way we're going to proceed. That's the way it's always worked. That's the way we try to make it work. And uh, God hasn't let us down yet. And what, our job is just to make sure we're doing what, that part of it. So that's my little sermon about that. We'll focus more on that in November. So mark your calendars now. You're not going to want to come in November. <laughs> Other thing, I announced uh, uh, something to share with you. Add to your prayer list. Uh, Dave Londa uh, plays in our band sometimes. And then uh, his sister is uh, Michelle Wolf uh, Londa. Uh, their dad passed away last night. And so um, just want to pass that along to you. Ask for you to be in prayer for that family. Um, he's been sick for a while. And so um, we... we, we uh, we're glad that he's not suffering anymore, and, and, but we, we mourn with that family. And so we just ask for you to be in prayer uh, alongside of them. After church, if you don't have plans for, for lunch, uh, the Helping Hands Crisis Ministry, one of those things that we talk about uh, is having a benefit up there. The C.C. Morse Band is going to be doing gospel music 10 to 3. It's a fundraiser for Helping Hand. And so uh, you got off to a good start today. You're in church. Continue it. Go, uh, go eat some angels and, uh, and uh, share, some, share some blessing with that, that great ministry. Um, I send, I'm going to be talking to you about some different stuff. I sent out an email yesterday. Uh, I just want to make a, a, a note for you. Uh, we have moved to a lot of email communication and a lot of web communication. Uh, there's several reasons for that. One of them being we, we want to take care of our environment. And it takes a lot of paper to send out things that you throw away anyway. And so we, uh, we've moved to a lot of email stuff and a lot of web stuff. I know some of you don't check your email. Well, come on, it's 2009, we're moving in on 2002, 10. Even if you don't want to do that, you can go to the website. Uh, even if you don't want to do that, if you come to church, we put it in the bulletin. So there is a written form for you. But I just want to let, if you're not getting those emails, it's because of one of two reasons. We don't have your right email address or the firewall on your system is blocking us. Um, so uh, if, if you're not getting them, check those two things. If you go to our, our website, there's a place on the welcome page that you can put your email address in there, automatically sign up for our, our email communications. So um, just, just to let you know that. Okay, business aside, here we go. We have been talking about uh, our way of changing the world. And uh, George just helped remind us of some of those things. And by the way, this is sort of our church's style on display this morning. You start off with an old gospel tune. Then we do the whole, you know, Jewish uh, uh, fiddler on the roof thing. And then we, we, then we got, uh, I mean, this is our church at its best. So uh, 
But we have been talking about how we can change the world. That's one of our vision uh, value statements of who we are trying to be. That we believe that we can change the world. And, and you've heard me say this every week, and I'm going to continue to say it because it needs to become who we are. And so we're going to have to keep repeating it until it gets here, and then we'll keep repeating it until it gets here, and then we'll keep repeating it until it starts going out there. We, we believe we can change the world, and it's not because we think we're special. It's because the God we serve is special. It's because he has a plan to change the world. It's because he wants to bring hope and peace and, and justice to this broken world. It's, it's what we pray in the Lord's Prayer, that your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's what this is about. We, 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 we know that God created perfectly. We know that at some point he's going to redeem creation perfectly. And we're in the middle there. But even in the middle, we have an opportunity to bring a little heaven to earth. We can live into the future reality. That's what Jesus talked about. If you read in your gospel of, of Matthew, over and over, Jesus is announcing the kingdom of heaven is now at hand. The kingdom of heaven is now at hand. What he was saying is, there's a, there's a new age coming. Something new has started. Something new is going on. We're a part of that. Guess, guess how the kingdom of heaven, guess God's plan for the kingdom of heaven becoming real on earth. It's the church. The church is literally the hope of the world. The church is literally the way that God is going to bring redemption and salvation to the world. Not, not church the way we normally do it. Not church the way a lot of us have experienced. Not church that's about what I like. Not church that's about oh, all the junk that we make it. But church that's about submitting themselves to their creator. Church that's about finding their place within his plan. Church that's about putting his agenda ahead of theirs. Being the hands and feet of God, being disciples of God, being followers of God. That church is the hope of the world. And that church God uses to change the world. And we've been talking about some of the ways that happens. We talked about helping hands. We've talked about Lucinda. We're going to be starting talking about uh, malaria nets and nothing but nets. Imagine no malaria. That is not the only things that happen in this church. We've had people go to the coast to do rebuilding on hurricanes. We've got people that, that, take, that do things in this community around the world every day that they just don't get the press about it. And, and that's not why they do it. So by no means are we saying this is, if you're going to be a good Christian, you have to do one of these things. We're not trying to say that at all. We're telling you some of the bigger things we do because what we're hoping is somewhere along the line, there's something that grabs your heart. There's something that inspires you to get involved. And it's different for all of us. For some people, seeing the kids at Lucinda at the Guatemala orphanage, that is what grabs them. And, oh, I want to be a part of that. For some people, it's the helping hands and being able to help someone in the community. For some, but there's different for all of us. We just want, whatever it is, find something to do. So that's what we're talking about. We, uh, we are going to be starting three weeks talking about a, a campaign that, that uh, the 
the United Methodist Church as a whole is, is a part of. Uh, many of you are aware of, uh, of who it is and where it started. It's, it's the Nothing But Nets program. You've heard of that before. It's, it's the purchasing of bed nets for, for kids in, in Africa, especially. That's where they're concentrating most of their uh, efforts. There is a fly that's about to just drive me nuts. He keeps landing on my legs and my arms. But uh, they purchase bed nets for, for kids that, that they put them over and, and it it protects them from the spread of the disease by, by the mosquitoes biting them. It's proven that it works when they use them correctly. For 10 bucks, that's how much it costs to get the net and get it over there. And I don't know whose cheap kid was going, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> that's not that much money. They ruined my whole point. But for 10 bucks, you can save a life. That, that's been their campaign. For 10 bucks, you can save a life. And if you think about that, 10 bucks. Those of you that go to Starbucks, that's two of your fancy, dancy coffees. You know, if you drink the straight stuff, that's maybe three or four. Not much when compared to saving a life. It's been going on for a while. There's nothing but nets. The United Nations Foundation, at the turn of the millennium, they, they put out a goal of wanting to end malaria deaths by the year 2012. They've since edited that date till 2015. That their goal is, by the year 2015, that there would be no more deaths attributed to malaria as the cause. Now, that's, that's a big goal. But it's attainable. Many of you have lived through ages in our world where there was diseases that were wiping somebody out that are pretty much in control now, right? You, you have those, the, the polio, smallpox, so there, are, there are evidence out there that that kind of thing can happen. Let me give you a, a, a picture of what we're talking about. The year 2015, do we have any seventh graders in here? Stand up. Come on, Lindsay. In the last service, I had to pick on one that wasn't paying attention, and I had to embarrass her. Lindsay was actually paying attention, so we're going to be nice to Lindsay. Lindsay is a seventh grader. When she graduates, what year will it be? Do you know? 2015. Okay, thanks, Lindsay. You can sit down. We're, we're going to get you your prize later on. But the reason I wanted you to see that is... 2015, that seventh grader is going to be a graduate from high school. I want you to think about all the things that are going to happen in her life in the next five years. All the growth and development that happens. All the changes, all the, all the worries dad's going to have about guys <laughs> wanting to date her and all that kind of stuff. Imagine then another country where the next five years may not even happen because your mom, your uncle, your aunt, your entire village is being ravaged by these diseases. Let me tell you a little history of how we got involved in this program. That United Nations, they had that global effort. And then uh, just in the last couple of years, um, the Gates Foundation joined them and wanted to make a difference. And the Gates Foundation makes a lot of very generous donations to global health issues around the world. 
And they, they got involved in this. And what they decided was the nothing but nets thing, that's working, but we got we to gotta take it the next step. They need some education. They need some medical follow-up. They need, they, they, they just, we need to take it that next step in order for it to be effective. Because what they were finding is we were getting the nets over there, but the people would get them and they would use them as fishing nets instead of bed nets. They'd make clothes out of them or they'd wash them and all the insecticide goes off of them after they wash them. And so the, with, there needs to be education, follow-up and medical resources. And so they, they got together and said, man, we, we want to immobilize some people to be able to work and address this and we need somebody who already has a start at that. And guess who that organization was? Those of you that aren't familiar with the Methodist Church, we, we, we're called a connectional church because we have churches all over the world. And we also have missionaries that we support through that. Part of those, those monies that we pay out, what a lot of us like to call our church taxes, go to support ministries like that. And they said the United Methodist Church already has people in, in most of these villages and areas. That way we don't have to pay for infrastructure. That way money can go to the program. So let's mobilize the Methodist church to join us. And they said, and we don't want your people given to administration. So the Gates Foundation said, we will pay for the publicity cost for you to get the word out to them. And so our Nashville offices have been working on that. And so our bishops said, hey, this is good. And they made it some good decisions lately. They don't always do that, but they've made some good decisions lately. They said, we need to quit being a selfish church. We need to focus on four things. We need to focus on reaching out to new people, about not just worrying about either like us or take your hike. No, reach out and care about new people. We need to support younger clergy, encourage people that, that ministry is something that they might be called to, support young people, provide the, the children and youth ministries to make sure that we were given people that opportunity. Address ministry to the poor. Ministry to the poor. Guess what? As the United Methodist Church, we are mainly a middle class, upper middle class denomination. We don't need to apologize. That's just who we are. But as that middle, upper middle class we got to be willing to share our resources with those that, that have left. And so they said, let's, let's address ministry to the poor, and then let's join global health initiatives. So they made that decision. Guess out of the whole United States of all, and all the United Methodist churches in all the world, guess which city gets to be the guinea pigs on how to do all of this? Austin, yeah, well, so, and, and, and typically, it, I have to, those of you who don't know me, I don't always have the best attitude as far as bureaucracy goes, you know, I, I'm sorry, I, I lose my religion a lot of time in those, minute, in those meetings, I tend to be a little skeptical and a little jerky sometimes, and, and, and so when they called the meeting and were telling us, hey, we want you to, to go and do this and it needs to happen in the next four weeks and da, 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 da. I have to tell you, my response was less than sanctified. It was sort of like jerks. And are you kidding me? Number one, do they not realize we're in the middle of a recession? Our church is already having fight. Now they want me to raise more money. I'm already too busy. This is the busiest time of the year. And now they want me to do this too. And I, I had a whole, I could keep going. But I didn't have the most positive of of responses. Then I started reading on the cause a little bit. 
And that softened it a little bit because I was like, this is a good cause. But still, the timing is horrible. The timing is horrible. And I, I sort of sat in that for a while, and just recently, something hit me. Yeah, the timing is horrible. This is not a good time economically for us, but guess what? We're better off than most people. Uh, this is a bad time for us. But then the reality hit me. I wonder what the good, I wonder what the convenient time to lose your parent in death to malaria is. I wonder, I wonder what the convenient time to, to do something that would save a life is. I wonder what the convenient time is. And so that sort of hit me. <laughs> that I need to quit being so self-centered. And I'm sure I'm not the only one with that kind of response. We all tend to do that, right? Are you kidding me? You don't even know what's going on in my family. Do you, do, 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 do? Yeah, I do. I do. But we can do something to change it. We can do something to make a difference. And what is the convenient time? How much is a life worth? We're not talking about, this is the thing. This is like with our church giving. This is about outreach giving. We are not asking you to mortgage your house. If everyone does their part, God blesses it. And we always end up with more than we can take care of. Have you ever been to, the, the only place that Methodists demonstrate this always is in a potluck. I have yet to run out of food in a potluck. You're willing to give your faith to a potluck, right? I'm asking you to do the same with finances. It's not any different. The only, the only difference is in our attitude. So we're going to be addressing this, and I'm going to break it down more. I just want to introduce what we're doing to you this week and let you know about it. One of the things we're going to do on your front of your bulletin, we're doing a musical festival. This week is ACL. Uh, how many, a lot of you went. That costs like 190 bucks to go stand in the mud with other people, you know. Hey, we're going to give you, for 20 bucks, you can save a life, have a barbecue dinner, and listen to six bands. And there's a roof if it rains, all right? Look at the front of your bulletin. It's, uh, it's, we're calling the Make a Difference Music Festival. We got some bands there. The one I, you've heard some of the other ones. Some of them are, are, are our local talent. One of the ones I'm excited about is the Warrior Gospel Band. They are coming from downtown Austin. Uh, that that is a family, and uh, they're from a they're from a uh, church downtown that, let me just say, has a little more energy than this one does sometimes. <laughs> and uh, they are going to blow it out for us there. And that's our, their, that's our closing act. It will be a fun thing. Children can come. You can come. If, if we've got tickets today, if you would like to help us sell some tickets and take some with you, we've got Lori back there will help uh, do that. If you want to buy them today, you can. Or you can show up at the day there. And, 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 but it's going to be a fun event. And at the same time, for every ticket, like I said, it's going to pay for your barbecue dinner, but then it's also going to save your life. It's going to save the life of a kid because all that money is going to go to a net. So we, uh, we want you to participate in that. And let me, let me just give you a reason why we do this and the other things. Uh, it's in Proverbs 4.18. Proverbs 4.18. I wasn't just going to talk to you about a cause. We are having a sermon. 
Okay. So, 418. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. I want you to read that with me. Ready? The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. The righteous. I want to start by talking about who is the righteous. It says the way of the righteous, the way they live, the, the, way, the way they do things, shines to people. It shines. So who is the righteous? Who, who is it that this verse is talking about? Surely it cannot be us because we know that we do wrong things all the time, right? Come on. I'm going to have to change my opinion. I give the 930 people junk all the time about being so lazy, but you guys, I don't know. I think you're the party crowd, and you, are, you, nurse, you nurse your recovery time a little longer than the other ones. Certainly it cannot be us. We're not the righteous. After all, that's what we're proud of, that we're saved sinners. We're not going to change anything about ourselves, we, but, but God loves us anyway. That's who we are. That's who this church is. If, if, if you don't like it, go find another church. Right? That's who we are, right? Wrong. Wrong. The righteous is anyone who has heard the call of God, anyone who has experienced the love of God, anyone who has humbled themselves to say, you know what, I'm not good enough on my own. There is someone greater than me, and I'm willing to put my trust in them. And the way I put my trust in them is through faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for me. If, if that fits, that, then you're the righteous. Let, let me be more specific. You are the righteous. This verse is about you. You are the righteous. We are the righteous. Not just this we, but the we's all around that have gathered today in worship, that do it at night and other times. All of us who have that desire, that, that, that passion to follow God, to please him with our life, we're the righteous. And what this verse tells us is the way we live matters. The way we live matters. There is a light that shines from within us. There is something that speaks about the way we are. And, and frankly, the problem has been with the, with the Christian church is that the light we're shining isn't light at all. It's selfishness. It's self-involved. It's about what we get, and it's about pointing our fingers, and it's about all that other stuff. And frankly, we, we haven't been shining anything but something in Shinola. That's been the problem. But what the scriptures tell us is that the way of the righteous, when we get it right, when we, when we are in tune with our God... The way of the righteous shines brightly. Any of you get up this morning to see the sunrise? If you, it, it, thank you. I didn't have to call out anybody. If you did, you're lying because there was no sunrise this morning. It was too crowded. <laughs> I 
so I didn't have to call. I mean, the sun did rise, but you couldn't see it. It was dark still at 7.30 this morning. But when on a clear day on the sunrise, as it comes up, it says, this is what it says, the way of the righteous is like that first gleam of dawn. That out of the darkness, there's just a hint of light. And then that light grows. And then that light grows. And it says it just keeps growing until it's the full light of, of day. What, it, what, what that passage is telling us is the little things we do, the way we live shines to those around us. That's something we've got to remember. It's not just when we're here. It's not just when we, are, when we got our, our church faces on. It's wherever we go, whatever we do, our light shines. It speaks. We got to make sure we're shining a light. And according to the scriptures, do you know who the light of the world is? His name is Jesus Christ. That out of darkness, out of despair, out of sin, God sent his son into the world. The light of the world. And the darkness cannot overcome light. And even if you don't recognize him, even if you don't know him, the light still remains. And if it's our job to reflect the light of God that he shines on us into the world. That means in your job, at your house, in the, in, the, in the grocery store line, driving down 71, driving down Bee Creek, if, if there's somebody driving 20 miles an hour in front of you, if there's somebody pushing you behind at 30 miles an hour, no matter where you are, what you're doing, we are called to let our light shine. That's what we're trying to, to get around to as a church. That's what we are going to continue to focus on. We do not want to be another selfish group of people that just wants to pat themselves on the back and feel so good that we're so much, we're so much holier than everyone else because we happen to do this or that. If our lives don't magnify the light of Jesus Christ, then our lives don't matter to a hill of beans. The only calling and purpose. The great commission that Christ gave us was join me. Go into all the world. Teach them about me. Let them know that they have a home. Not Let them know that they belong. Let them know that, that there's a way out. Join me. Be my hands and feet. Help bring a little heaven to earth. That's, that's our job. And we can't do it by ourselves. We do it only when we allow God's light to invade us. And that's part of what we're going to celebrate this morning. We're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to receive communion in just a moment. If you have children that you'd like to go uh, get so they can join you for communion, it's not required, but it, you are certainly welcome to do that. This is a time you can do that. For those of you that are maybe new to the church or not had communion with us before, just want to put you at ease. Number one, you do not have to participate if you don't want to. But number, more importantly, if you would like to, you are invited. 
You do not have to be a member of this church or any church to receive communion. What this is, is it's a sacrament. It's a symbol of a spiritual reality. And the spiritual reality we're going to be concentrating on is God's love for us and his sacrifice for us this morning. And if you, if you have a desire to know God better and to live at peace with your neighbor, then you are, you are invited to, to receive this morning. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. If that's your desire, you're, you're welcome. We're going to, uh, as the parents are getting their children, we're going we're gonna to transition into that by singing this next song. Um, it's Change Your Heart, O God. Uh, you can remain seated again, but uh, let's, let's sing this together. That night before he was arrested, Jesus was gathered with his friends, his disciples, and he wanted to give them a way to remember him. He wanted to to give him a way to connect with him even when he was gone. And so while they were at the table, he, he took bread and he blessed it. He broke it. He passed it around the table and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then after the supper, he took the cup. And he gave thanks over the cup. He passed it around the table and he said, this is, my, this is my blood. It represents the new covenant that is in my blood. This is for everyone. It represents forgiveness and new life and sacrifice. A payment that I'm making for you. I want you to remember this every time you drink from it in remembrance of me. Why don't you bow with me and let's pray. Lord, thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the gift that you've offered us. We thank you for the light, your son, Jesus Christ, that has shined into our lives. And God, we have experienced what it means like to find hope. We have experienced what it means like to be invaded by your divine power. And we have stumbled and we have, we have failed, but your love has remained steadfast. And as we have gathered here this, this morning, we want to take the time to remember you. So we ask that you would take these symbols, these ordinary symbols, this, this bread and this juice, and that you would transform them, God, in our, in, that you would make them be for us, your body and your blood, so that, so that we will be reminded to be your, your hands and feet, you, your light to the world. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.